Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Monster Baby Podcast. Hey, my name's Ted DeMaison, and that's Lisa Rowland, your other co-host over there. That's Speaking right. Up. And Fine. this is a curious run through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. Wow. And this week, we have an episode. Boy, do we have an episode for you. It's kind of like this. Here's the here's the episode. <laughs> it's that. It's that. It's a lot of that. It's actually me. We we, uh, we sort of discuss a little bit of doldrums. That's the word. We're a little bit of there's a little bit of doldrum doldruminess happening. We got some COVID doldrum. Yeah. So <laughs> that we actually were talking about what we were inspired to talk about and. <laughs> I said, I don't feel inspired. And I was like, well, we could talk about that. <laughs> so here we are. So here we go. Yeah. So we'll, we let you know uh, some things going down, some insights we're, we're finding and wrestling with and things that are things that are tough, things that are energizing, but uh, hope, hoping that by our recognizing what's going on and embracing all of it, it can help you do the same thing. And maybe you'll find a few laughs in here as well. Maybe. Maybe. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening. And we'll, uh, you know, this version of Ted and Lisa, we'll see you on the flip side. We'll be like, hey, how was that? You know, so you can look forward to that. Right on. Let's rock and roll. And uh, thanks for joining us. All right. Bye-bye. Was it, did it make you think Hungry of that? Hungry eyes. Um, no. Oh. No. Oh, that's weird. But I wish it had because that would have been far more fun. It's the eye of the tiger. It's the thrill of the fight. Rising up to the challenge of our rival. Was it wow. that that made, made you think of that? No, no. Nor did it make me think of, I am the eye in the sky. Make it that it is. weird. I can see yeah. Didn't make you think of any of those things. No. In your eyes, the light, light the heat. heat. Your eyes, I, I am complete. complete. Your eyes, see the doorway. Your the thousand eyes. churches. Your eyes, the resolution. Your eyes, of all my fruitless searches. Well, I have I have a couple interesting health news to relay. Health, uh, bits of health news. What's that? Interesting. One. I took a COVID test two weeks ago. In your brain? <laughs> what? That's the kind, right? That they put the Q-tip in your brain? Oh, I thought you meant like just to check and see if I thought I had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it was, a, it was a nasal swab, yes, but I conducted it. That's right. That's right. All oh, right, you did tell because me because I wouldn't have wanted to have somebody sticking something up my nose. So I, my I, guess, given your, I know, spirit is yeah. that it was negative. The test was the test results were in fact negative. They came back negative, which is a good thing because it took two weeks for this thing to come back. So you could have gotten it in the meantime. <laughs> That's true, and I could have given it to like hundreds of well, not hundreds of people because I've seen hundreds of people, but yeah. But so that's the that's the health good news. Last night, however, was a long night at the Teddy Teddy household. Around eleven o'clock, ten forty maybe. We had a little uh, 
little vomitation happening. Oh. And Wait, then you at, or the cats? No, me. And then at 11 o'clock, and then 11.30, six times in three hours. Holy shit, you must have eaten something. I slept on my bathroom floor. It oh, was, Ted. It was ugly. <laughs> it was bad. Yes, I must have eaten something, and it was like, let's get rid of that. Ooh, let's get rid of that. Let's get rid of that. It was not a happy, happy thing. But I've, uh, I have eaten a little bit today. And I'm having my t- uh, warm water with ginger to soothe my soothe my little belly, and I'm in much better spirits. But that was that's awful. It was rough. On the, on the good side, I did lose three pounds. Oh, that's not a good. That's not a good side, Ted. <laughs> that's not good. I'm sure I'll gain it back once I rehydrate. But it was just like, oh man, bad news. Oh gosh, bad news. Yeah. I was reminded of the. Of the mindfulness lesson that I taught earlier in the week. <laughs> which was? Which is about rumination and mm-hmm. mental worries and chewing on thoughts. And you know about rumination. Have we talked about this? I think we have. But like, do you know where the word rumination comes from? No. No, it's from ruminants. Oh, ruminant, like chewing, um, yeah. like constant chewing. Yeah, but there's a, there's a little wrinkle to it. Which is that apparently cows have four stomachs and other ruminants have multiple stomachs. And so they chew, swallow, and then they throw it back up, chew it, send it into the next stomach. Wait, hold on a minute. Yep. Hold on a minute. The stomachs are all accessible from the esophagus. It's not like you go through one stomach to get to the other one. That's my understanding. I, I, I can't say for certain, that's my understanding. Like what's behind door number one, stomach number one, what's behind door number two, stomach number two. But I, I don't quote me on that. No, I'm but, looking up a diagram right now. If this is going in the podcast, podcast, podcast listeners, I am not an animal husbandry scientist, but that is my understanding. And I've been using that analogy in my mindfulness teaching. In any case, here? they do chew, swallow and vomit up and then chew again which is kind of like what we do when we're chewing on a bad story or negative thought and kind that of is circles. One, that is 100% true. Circles around and around. So I was thinking of that last night as I was setting myself up with a pillow and a couple blankets on the bathroom floor. And it also was a very sweet thing in that the two podcasts, Luna and Marley were very upset and very supportive. They were agitated. Anytime I was, anytime I was throwing up, they were freaked out. But then, as soon as I was done, they like came in, sat next to me, oh. came up to smell me. Like, what's what's going on? What do you? What, what do you? That? What do you? Why do you smell that way? Did they do that weird cat open mouth no. smell? Where no, they, they like? Didn't. <laughs> no, they did not. Oh. So, so that was my night last night. Oh, Ted, that's awful. I'm glad I survived. Yeah, me too. It seemed all of a piece. You know, it's kind of like the week. <laughs> yeah. These are weird. Out. The weird times. Weird times, man. Super weird. It's been a while since we've spoken. I know. Uh, we've done, I haven't done a podcast in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, are we in the 
podcast already? Mm-hmm. Have it, has it started? That's always the, the funny piece. It's like, is this getting cut? Have we begun? Is this a real life? Is this just it's fantasy? Caught in a landslide. No escape from reality. Nice. <laughs> that's the question. I mean, I think that's like the extended question we're all asking right now. Is this real life? <laughs> I, that is, that's a great question. Yeah. Does it feel like it to you? No, it does not feel like it to me. It, it, it's, I, I know that it is now. I mean, it's like, well, then what else is real life? This is what's happening. It's all we've got. But like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel like the life I have grown accustomed to mm-hmm. or that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've said this. I've said this since early on that by, by early on, I mean early on in the pandemic and shelter at home and shelter in place and all that stuff. Like, this is such a freaking huge change to make sense of. And we're humans, so we adapt and we kind of like make the best of it that we can. And, oh, okay, now I have to, you know, wear a mask and I have to not hang out with people and, okay, I'll do what I need to do. And we can do it because we have opposable thumbs and big brains and whatever flexible hearts, but it is just not what we're evolved for. And like the change is so massive. It's yeah. so massive that I, I just think constitutionally we're, we, or maybe just me, but uh, like we're all trying to make sense of it still and such a disruption. Yeah. You know? So everything, yeah, I, I do feel sometimes like I'm in the matrix of living just this alternate thing. Yeah. We're just like time out. We're going to do this other thing for a while and then we'll come back. Yeah. And that's the thing is that it's still, we talk about, we continue to talk about it with a, well, once this all is over feeling. Right. Well, and, and what's totally trippy is that apparently we're the only nation that that's true for, or one of few, right? That most, everybody is like on, at least on their way back to something more normal. And we're just not. <laughs> right. You know, it gives we, me hope. It means it can be done. It's not right, like right. the world, it just has to contend with this forever. Yeah. But. Yeah. But like, we're not, it it's, feels weird to be trapped inside the U.S. Yeah. You know, like nobody wants us. Mm-hmm. Inside a germ box. I mean, it's like you, like the, the U.S. is yeah. a diseased place. Right. Right. So. Hmm. Hmm. So there's that. <clears throat> and what are you noticing most these days? Like what's registering for you? What's what's front of mind about how things are going or what challenges you're facing? Um, I'm, a, I'm accustomed to, so on a, well, all of these are on a personal level. I'm accustomed to living a life that is sort of centered around joy, mm. as we've talked about a little bit. Mm-hmm. What I do brings me joy. The people I do it with bring me jo- brings me joy. Teaching it brings me joy. And I can still do it, but it brings me distinctly less joy. Mm-hmm. So my life is less joyful. Right. It's sort of modulated down a bit. And that's 
hard. Right. I am still a pretty joyful person, but mm-hmm. like the sources of that joy are fewer. I don't get that feeling as much. Yeah. Um, I A challenge that I'm facing is wanting to really wrap my head around and understand my relationship to white privilege and white supremacy mm-hmm. where uh, unpack all the places it has shown up in my life, mm-hmm. which is all of them. Sure. And work out how to move forward mm-hmm. without feeling shitty all the time. Right. Cause I don't think that helps. I think it'll be part of it, but I don't think it helps. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And and the voices that I'm listening to are like, listen, you're here now. That's great. Right, right. <laughs> We're not going to spend time focusing on the time you haven't been here. You know, like, right. meaning in the, in the active fight. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, that reminds me of a, something that I just noticed. My, um, my nephew, Andrew, super creative guy uh and he just recently released an album of music on his 25th birthday he does a lot of beats and loops and does interesting stuff with his voice and writes poetry and kind of rap like stuff and cool. so he released his album on on sunday yeah and i t- i took a listen and it's really cool atmospheric stuff so i love it but in his notes for the album he talked a lot about questioning this notion of like sampling music and what is it okay to appropriate and what is not okay to appropriate and how have white people done that for years and years and years with black music and how is it how do you give credit where credit is due also how do you receive inspiration because if you hear a chord progression and you like a chord progression is it stealing that chord progression if you use it well, there's only a certain number of chord progressions in the world, but he was really wrestling with that in a, in a sophisticated way. And, and he, I don't think that he found any particular resolution, but I liked that at the end of all these notes, he sort of left the question and, the, and then he closed it by saying black lives matter. Yeah. You know, so it was like sitting in these questions and trying to do his best and still wanted to make this declaration of like, I want to do the right thing. I'm trying to figure it out. And there we are. Right. Yeah. And, and the, I've mentioned this a couple of times. I don't think I've said it on the podcast, but I remember when I was in, uh, when I was an undergrad and I was doing my feminist studies major, we read a poet named Denise Levertov. Uh, she was a Jewish feminist poet and she had this essay about, uh, guilt and shame. And she said, the question of, you know, am I guilty doesn't help. Because if we say yes, then we beat ourselves up. If we say no, then we stop worrying about it. Yeah. And the, the better questions are, how am I responsible? And what am I going to do to make it better? Mm-hmm. And like, I just keep thinking that with this stuff, because I think, wow, there's still a lot more for me to do. And I got to keep paying attention to the ways I'm responsible and strive to do better. And I, you know, I don't know that I can change everything all at once. Mm-hmm. Right. 
I don't know what the right answer is. And doing it without like putting the together the last two things you said, trying to do that without having the access to your native sources of joy, your usual wellsprings, right? I could think see that making that task even more challenging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And recognizing that for both of these things, there is an acuteness now and they're not going anywhere. Right. It's, it's, I don't want this consciousness to wear off. Mm -hmm. So. Right. Yeah. And a lot of that longing, I mean, it's hard to, to, to discern which is which, but a lot of that longing to like, can we just go back to normal? Can we just go back to the way it was? It's like, well, can we just go back to the white supremacist way? Right. Where I didn't have to worry about all the ways that I was being perpetuating something that, yeah. Mm -hmm. That I don't really want to perpetuate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's up for you? What, well, I feel like I have that feeling a lot when you're talking about the sources of joy. So I'm like, for me, my teaching is a lifeline right now that when I get to get on, get on zoom and hang with a group of people, I've got two classes running at Stanford right now through continuing studies and you know, 25 to 30 people in those groups. I like, I'm so psyched to see them. I'm so psyched to offer something to them, to see them change and grow and hear, hear back from them. What's, what's helping them. It's so fulfilling. And yet it's not being in person with them. So as you were saying, it's not quite the same level of joy, but it's, it's a huge highlight to my week. And I noticed that the three weeks I had in between classes earlier last month, it was a little bit of a relief, like, whew, I've got some space. But I really, really missed it. Mm. Really, really missed it. So I've been, I've been hanging on to that. But the other thing I've been thinking a lot about is that the whole shelter-in-place thing has changed so much that I've, I've let go of so much. So much is not present that used to be present. Like I had a subscription to the Broadway and San Francisco shows and I haven't gone to any of those shows and I haven't watched sports at all and I haven't gone to any concerts and I mean I've gone to a lot of online concerts they are not the same thing right, right. and I'm wondering okay well how much how many of those things can I just let go of like they were my pattern they were I kind of what I did but do I need to go see Broadway shows do I need to spend my money on that? Well, I seem to be doing okay now, right? I mean, uh, do I need to doing okay? Do I, I mean, need do I need sure. to watch sports? Right, but well, it's just like thinking of the expense of it. Yeah, and it gives right. you an opportunity to question it because you you stop your patterns. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So there's there's some of that that feels like oh, it's just this loss of like oh, I miss these things, and there's other parts of it that it, it feels like it's opening up a sense of possibility of like, oh, here's this next chapter in my life. If I don't do those things, if I don't spend my time going to concerts, going to shows, watching sports, what's, the, what's next? Yeah, drumming. What do I do? Did you say drumming? Yeah. <laughs> drumming. Certainly on a beach. Painting. Yeah. I'm hoping that my chest is, can be painted when I'm doing that. Ted, you can have it any way you want. In fact, you could do that now. Speaking of, 
Okay, here, let me go get yeah, this You'd be in good You'd be in good company. Speaking of appropriating symbols, um, yeah. I, I actually don't like symbols as part of a drum set, but except for that. Oh, gosh. Oof, that was bad. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, drumming, sure. Um, yeah, so I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, but it feels like it feels like there's some. Do you find yourself off. not like itching to go do those things that you had once done? Not particularly. Yeah. A little bit with the, a little bit with the, more with the concerts than with the Broadway shows. Yeah. I miss, I miss the ease of uh, the social gatherings. I totally miss. I went to Shabbos dinner with my Jewish friend Michael on Friday night. Went up to his house, he and his mother, and we sat outside and sat. 12 feet away from each other and, you know, sang quietly when we said the blessing and we had, I was like, kind of like I was at the kids table for the Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. We had a really nice time, but I was like, this, this ain't regular Shabbos where we're like, normally we'd be like banging on the table and singing at the top of our lungs and, you know, telling jokes. This was, was so subdued. Like, yeah, I miss that kind of rollicking. Yeah. Good time. You know, I miss bustle. I miss restaurants and din. I miss crowds. I miss being a part of a crowd. I miss hearing overlapping talking. I just like, just like. Anyway, that's what I've been up to. That's what I'm thinking about. It is like that improv advice. Notice your patterns and break them. COVID has broken our patterns. Whew. Take your pattern, stomp on it, throw Destroy it on the ground. It. Destroy your patterns. Throw it on the ground, take the pieces, put them in the Vitamix, blend yeah. them up. <laughs> yeah. Your patterns are... Decimate them. Liquefy them, send them, yeah. Aerosol, aerosolize them. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. I know we were sort of talking about topics for this podcast, and I was like, I have no inspiration. <laughs> and you're like, well, we could talk about that. <laughs> I don't know that it's very interesting. But it is in, like an interesting moment it's like yeah a little bit of a null set a little fallow field yeah and it's just hard to I've, it's hard to get my bearings right it's right. hard to get my bearings when we first started with all this i, I had a lot of friends who were like oh i really appreciated the chance to just catch my breath and like to watch nature rejuvenate some and you know the skies get clearer and, and all that and then and now this is like what are we Four or five months in now? Four. Four months in? Four and a half? Yeah, four and a half. Yeah. With no end in sight. Right, right. Yeah. Well, one of the things, the other thing, another thing I've noticed, I'm not sure that this is any inspiration, but I'm trying to make sense of it, is that it just feels like every emotion is amplified. Oh, man. Whatever, I mean, whatever shows up, it's like the emotion is grabbing me by the lapel, you know, like, oh, feel me, feel me now. Yeah. And if it's like sadness or, or even joy, it's, or anger, like I'm so moody in my conversations and somebody says something, I can be so reactive and it's really hard to catch my breath and just go, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. You know, or like have conversations with organizations I'm a part of and people get really upset or, like everybody's got a problem with this and that, or you go to the store and 
it's really hard. Like somebody's out of this product and why can't they, can we just, let's just settle down people. Yeah. And myself too. Like, can I just settle down? Like, whew. Yeah. All right. Okay. So everyone's so raw. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, I, maybe because like the fear of death and the, the sadness of that is, is kind of up in the air. I mean, is is in the air, but like, I think that's part of it is people feel on edge about that. But then you get all the conflicting reports of, you know, health suggestions and. Yeah, I guess it's fear of death. For me, it's like you've taken away everybody's, you, COVID, the, the, the life has taken away everybody's coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you can't blow off steam with your friends. You can't go shoot hoops at the court. You can't like, you could go on a run, I guess. Gyms are closed. Like sports, there's no sports. Yeah. There's no, like all of the outlets that people have are not appropriate anymore. And you can't do it. You can't. Right. And so, and so everyone's pent, everything's pent up. Yep. And add instability, insecurity, uncertainty, and sort of shame about our national situation mm-hmm. and embarrassment about our leadership and realization about what our country is. And it's like, oh my God, what a, what a shit storm, <laughs> you know, right. like what a, right. yeah, it just, no wonder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it gets so polarized too. Like uh, the political stuff is like any, comment somehow it's like you put a comment into the into the public sphere and it gets whoosh, yeah. snaps into like oh it's means this or it means this you yeah know? i just i was talking to my sister she was she's like i try not to go on the internet everyone's mad there mm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they might be mad for really good reasons but it's just like everyone's mad everyone's mad everyone's mad at something or someone and we've all got reasons to be mad right uh, but it's it's tough to just take in anger. Mm-hmm. That's tough. It's tough mm-hmm. to just have a steady stream. And I'm not doing a great job of coping. I'm not mm-hmm. doing a great job of studying myself or balancing my input. I'm like, I'm like recognizing a lack of skills here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to like draw boundaries around my own emotional energy and right how much I give away and to whom. And right now it's like the stakes are really high about what emotionally I take on because emotions are running so high. Right. So if I, if I take it on, we're going big, you know, like that's. We say if we take it on your, we're going big. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not mild perturbation. It's rage. And oh, it's not I see. I sad. See. It's grief. And it's not. Right annoyance it's it's just like fury and 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 so i'm just like i'm not doing a great job and it's the way i am being right now it's not sustainable like i haven't built i've not taken structuring my time in a positive way for myself seriously enough yet right well it this feels like one of those instances where we're trying to build the plane while we're in flight yeah, you know, hoping we get it built before we hit the ground. But like, oh shoot! Look at check it out. We're falling. We gotta. Uh, hey, anybody got a wing? You know. Yeah. How do you attach this thing again? 
I was like trying to do all that and it's it's really tricky. Have you have you leaned on mindfulness practices at all? No, I need to. Hmm. It's like top of my list. Yeah. I've been keeping sort of up. the only thing on my list. <laughs> <laughs> Which puts it at the top. Yeah. <laughs> Mathematically speaking. Right. I've been keeping up with my commitment with my buddy Court. We've got a you know, an accountability thing that we talked about a long time ago on the podcast. Oh, wow. You're still going, huh? Still doing that. Yeah. And, and, you know, some days it's that commitment to, to do something mindful. It might just be writing in my journal, but generally I'm doing something and it really helps. I think I could do more. And I've recently learned a few new like mind body practices that help a lot too. Like one of them is to, um, put my hands behind my head and just kind of lean back and take up space and then to look to the left and to look to the right slowly like to just kind of go back and forth as if you were looking across the savannah mm-hmm. because apparently when you when we do that the body the mind and the body it's like it tells the system everything's fine Mm. We can we can see that there's there's nobody attacking us. There's no see, threat. There's no threat. We can see the whole thing. And, and so you're taking ta- up space, which means you're not yeah. you're yeah you're not in distress. Yeah. You don't need to make yeah. you don't need to hide. And it just like calms the system down, calms the system down. And so I've been doing that every now and then, and finding it really helpful, really helpful. And another one that that Adam Tobin, our colleague who teaches at Stanford, taught is is making a fist where your yeah your thumbs on the inside hold it in front of you and you sort of watch your wrist as you, your hand goes up and then goes behind you. You just watch your wrist go in a circle and you do a few of those. And it's, it also has this calming effect of like mm. puts you in present. And so normally I don't rely on those, but I've been finding myself doing more of these, like whatever it's called biophysical or, you know, by using the physics of the body to, Calm the mind. Create, calm the mind. Yeah. And it, to affect it really, the mind. Yeah. Really helps. Yeah. I need to, I need to just take on a practice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every morning or just at some point during the day, whatever it is. It's like, yeah, it would be, I think yeah. it would be a steadying, it would steady my ship a little bit. Right. Well, even my ship is being real tossed around right now. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you can find these micro, micro practices, it might be a good place to start because it's like, it doesn't have to be 30 minutes of, you know, focused meditation first thing in the morning or else, ah, shoot, I didn't do it. It's like, yeah, yeah, I've got 15 seconds. So I'll just catch my breath or I can for a minute, let my exhale be longer than my inhale. Have you been finding yourself able to hold on to your improv practice in life or has that kind of frayed a bit as well? I was just thinking about this because I feel like I'm failing a lot. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it makes me want to quit. <laughs> right. You're, are you racking up woohoos? Uh, I need, I'm, I'm, re- I'm reminding myself mm-hmm. that we talk about how mistakes are allowed. Right. I'm, I'm then, calling, calling back to Monster Baby episode number one. Number one. With that reference, right? I, I actually, there are times when, as, as a D, when, as a, artistic director at BATS. Oh. That, <laughs> I think you said as a D. I was like, what's a D? 
as a D, no, as AD, <laughs> as artistic director, there's a lot of times when I'm not sure what to do next. And I think about, well, when we're in scenes, we say this, like when we, like improv rules suggest this. Mm-hmm. And it helps me clarify a little bit. Interesting. And a lot of times it's, well, I think you need to do what comes next. Right. Or there is a next I mean, if this seems like the most obvious and, you, you know, you're listening and paying attention, then I think this is the thing, you know? Cool. So that's nice. It's, you know, and the nice thing about improv rules are they are relaxing because they're all about freeing you from fear. Right. So it's nice to recall those rules, yeah. <laughs> challenge myself to play by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that they're, I mean, to some extent, I have integrated improv principles into the way I live my life, but partly because I haven't been watching as much improv or doing as much improv. It's not as fresh. It's not as like right at the surface as it usually is. Yeah. You know, also because I'm not seeing as many people. Yeah. The sort of mutual inspiration of the billiard balls bouncing off each other and yeah. Careening. Mm-hmm. But you know, we are in, I think the greatest improvisation I've ever experienced is, you know, I like life improv. Yeah. Yeah. Is like, here's the, and greatest meaning biggest, like here's here's an enormous unexpected piece of input, and here's mm-hmm. and here's more more input and complicating input and mm-hmm. lots of opportunities to have no idea what comes next and have to take a step anyway. And mm-hmm. yeah, so you know, in some ways, it's like, well, then pull pull out all your tricks. Like now's the time. You right, know? right. That reminds me of when you called it the greatest improv challenge. It reminded me of those. Uh, compilation albums that you'd see commercials for like the cheesy compilation albums like those time those years of the 1970s brought the broad romance together like nobody remembered you know yeah and peaches and herb brought us you know, reunited. Yeah. so i'm like i'm thinking of looking back on this time that COVID age brought us together like nothing would ever brought us together. Oh, wait. No, no, never mind. No, it, <laughs> it, no, it shut us all separately in our homes and kept us from coming together. That's right. That's, That's right. And who could forget this little ditty, you know, take me out past the threshold of my house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear God, please take me out. Take me out past the threshold of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see the sun again. Let me reach my arms to the sky. Yeah. Where are we going and why am in the why am I in this handbasket? Yeah. That's what I heard. What a what a joyous episode. I know. I I know. I, I feel like I want to apologize for it. It's like sorry everybody. I wish I had something fun and interesting to say and I don't and I'm just sort of like a a desiccated husk of the Lisa I once was. <laughs> That's how I feel. That sounds like the name of a rock band. A COVID I'm also, rock band. I want to be clear about desiccated husk. Yeah. I also want to be clear about something. My mental health is okay. I'm not worried about myself. I'm uh, not in depression uh, land. I'm all right. Like I'm yeah. all right. Yeah. And generally speaking, my like disposition is okay. You know, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I just want to, in case everyone's like, I'm worried about her. Mm. <laughs> you don't mm. need to be. I'm okay. I'm keeping an eye and I'm seeing my family and, yeah. um, you know, I'm having a hard time, but it's in a, 
it's it's in a range of healthy emotional experience yeah and you've got a you've got a support system yeah a a web i do of peeps i do a web of peeps got a couple cats Mm -hmm. they're very good they're very good for me right now huge help huge oh my god yeah yeah one is on my lap right now purring creatures are are always helpful the cutest did you go have you spent much time in nature Speaking of healing practices. Not much, but that helps much. Yeah. Did you, um, did you go visit your, your family's cabin up north? I did a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh-huh. Beginning of July. Yeah. That was great. That was great. And just the other day I went on a walk in the Presidio. Nice. And it was beautiful. And it really felt far away. I mean, it's just the Presidio, but we were walking through these eucalyptus groves. And I'm like, how? is this it has one what may be the one of the only urban campgrounds in the country urban campgrounds is that what you said yeah like there's a campground in san francisco city limits oh, i didn't realize that yeah there's a campground in the presidio huh and it's just a it's so beautiful and we want we stumbled through community garden and we're just ate blueberries off the bush and it was just like oh my god it was it was like therapy it felt so good like my cells relaxed you know yeah it's so funny how (laughs) yeah presidio is what like four miles from where you live something like that yeah 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 i mean i went up to i went for a walk at land's end in san francisco just you know just south of the golden gate bridge and out to the west a little bit and i was like wow, this feels like I'm so far away from home. It's just five miles up the road. Yeah. Or I went over to, I went over to Oakland to go for a a physically distant walk with my niece last weekend and in the Oakland Hills and like looking back at the Bay, it was, wow, this big Vista. I feel so special. You know, I do think that right now, while we, while we are going fewer places, the things that we see, like there's so much less stimulus. I mean, I've seen a lot of the inside of my apartment mm-hmm. and the, when we do go places and see things, mm-hmm. they're brighter and more impressive. And right. Yeah. Do you find yourself, uh, what's the word? Like, res- re- I'm guessing not, but resistant to like, does it, is it now too much information when you go out? Let me say from my perspective first, I have found that I think my system has recalibrated a little bit. It's like quieted down even further. Mm. So now there was one scenario where I think it was when I was eating out in, in Mountain View that there were like, I, I passed by a restaurant that's got a lot of tables and I'm like, this is too much. I can't, I don't want this. I want to be like at a quieter table. And I don't know if it's just a risk assessment. I, it feels like it's more like my system has, is now, prefers like or or no it just has reset yeah now now it knows less stimulation so anything above that which would have been normal before is now too much right has your system reset that way like do you find that or or for you is it like water in the desert it's like that the water in the desert yes yeah minus the risk so if i find myself if people are walking near me then i'm like watch out you know like i Mm -hmm. i i don't want 
Yeah, the risk you, still makes me unhappy, uh, uh, uneasy. Yeah, but the feeling of being out around people is a really nice one. You want the safe buzz. Yeah, all mm-hmm. always. It's always mm-hmm. what I want. <laughs> I want the safe buzz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I like going down to the park and being near people and have being being one of many. And you know, Dolores Park has these big circles. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, for those of you who are in the city, you may have seen them. For those of you who are not, there's these big circles painted on the grass. They are six feet away. So you go to the park and you sit in a circle and you are, it's giving you guidance for how to be out safely. Right. Do people I honor love them? these circles. People yeah. totally honor them. Cool. And it, I don't know if we talked about this before, but like I get, it made me, it made me feel weirdly safe mm-hmm. and secure to be in that, circle and that circle felt like my home like in kindergarten you have your own little carpet square right and you you sit on it and it's a little home base yeah when cats sit in boxes i'm right. like i get it get it this feels so good i feel contained i yeah, know what the boundaries my of my space right. are right yeah that's funny yeah it's great so i really like doing that i like going mm-hmm. out and looking at people and you know i love people and they don't wander too close? Sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when they're passing by, when they're walking across the park, they walk by my circle. And it's like, back off. This is my circle. Is there an expectation about how long you stay in the circle? No, I don't think so. It's not like sitting at a table at a cafe. Okay. And are there like more people than circles or does it tend to balance itself out? There haven't been one I've gone, but I don't go on the days when everybody goes to the park. Ah, uh, okay. But I live here, so I can just pop down. Right, but that could also be your safe buzz management system. Yeah, in operation. like I'm not going to go when the park is packed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. I've sort of had this feel. I haven't been up to walk at the beach in a while. I was going every day for quite some time. Yeah. Um, but for a long time, it felt like... What stopped is, you? This is this is my beach. Yeah. And it was like very rarely would I ever see anybody. And then there was a time when all the other beaches on the coast were closed, except for a very few. And so people, more people started coming. And I was like, hey, hey, what are you doing here on my beach? <laughs> yeah, right, right. This is my circle. Like, Do you, are the other beaches open now? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes they, they close parking nearby, but then people just park a little further away and then walk to the beach. Yeah. But that feeling of, of ownership, this is, this is my territory. Yeah. I don't have like a six foot circle like a Dolores Park. I have a whole stretch of coastline. I have a coastline, yeah. <laughs> and I let people pass through every now and then. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want to you want to pass along or mention before we close up our chit chat, our monster baby chit chat? No. <laughs> <laughs> Any other non-inspiration you want to pass along? No, I think I I know I won't feel this way forever. Mm. So that's how I know it's like I'm okay. Like this doesn't feel eternal. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I know I won't feel this way forever. I know I'll get better at it. I know I'll learn how to manage. I know how I'll, I know things will change. It'll get different. I know that. Mm-hmm. So there is a sort of acceptance of like, yeah, it's sort of shitty right now. Mm-hmm. 
and not a resignation. It doesn't feel like resignation. It just feels like, yeah, yeah, it's appropriate that you feel like shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's, it's not, un, it's not, it's not uncalled for. That's a, yeah, that, that's a reasonable take on the scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's all. I guess I, I offer that for folks who mm. out there who may also be feeling sort of uninspired and mm-hmm. down. It's like, yeah, when we look back at the story of our lives, this will be the part where we felt this way. Right. right. <laughs> but this is not the rest of the story. Like this this, is, you'll feel nice. different at some point. This is going to be different. Yeah. It's a chapter. Yeah. Chapter. Yeah. Well, I'll say one thing that, that a friend of mine mentioned to me, which has got me feeling a little bit inspired, which is normally I'm not a goal setter. Normally I'm like an improviser, just like, Oh, what shows up? And, but she said, you know, what do you want to have accomplished by the end of the year? Like if you get to December 31st and you look back and you say, cool, I did that. What would you want to have done? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was, I want to have made progress on writing a second book. Cool. So like I've set out a a goal of like, okay, I want to do one chapter, at least one chapter every two weeks, take the transcript of our, of the podcast and like organize it, figure out what's there and then put it into prose and have a rough draft of at least 10 chapters by the end of, by December 31st. So like, wow, that feels like a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but maybe, maybe it's too much, but it's also reasonable. It could be done. Uh, I got to get on it, but but I'm liking, I'm liking having a goal. And I like that notion of, you know, what would my future self be proud of? That, that, that has a big pull to me. What would my future self look back and thank me for? Well, that's great. Trying to step into that mode and, yeah. and move forward a little bit. Yeah. So I guess that's an invitation to, to folks as well. What, what would my future self be proud of? Mm-hmm. That's nice. It's also nice because it's like, I just want to make myself proud. Right. It's not like, yeah, it's not an external measure. It's like, right, oh, right. What, will, what will your future you be stoked that you did? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because your future you understands you. Right, <laughs> so. right, right. Yep. Yeah. That, that person will get us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know what you're going through. Yeah, sure. So, all right. Well. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for taking Thanks, time. everybody. Thanks for joining us for this little... The null set. It's the null set. Thanks for joining us for the null set. <laughs> fallow it's been, field. It's been a pleasure to lie fallow with you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, alrighty. Until the next time, eh? Bye, everybody. Ciao. I said at the top of this podcast episode that I had a rough time with, you know, my last night was was rough and I didn't, yeah. eat, I had, didn't, my dinner didn't stay with me. Let's put it that way. Right. And I just barely had a tiny bit to eat today. I'm a hungry man now. I'm hungry too. This podcast has left me hungry. I, That's I wanna, good. I, I want to eat. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Maybe it's metaphoric too. Happy to hear that. Yeah. I feel like I, acknowledging 
a sort of blah feeling. And, and this is like, this is the nature of mindfulness practice. You acknowledge the feeling, it moves along. I'm not feeling as blah as I did because we just acknowledged it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm taking from this episode. I think this is the most I've sort of talked about that. Mm. I've noticed it, but I hadn't, I hadn't really talked about it. So that is, that is nice. Yeah, well done. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks for sharing your blah. Yeah, well, hey, sure. Yeah, what a gift. What a gift. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> thanks for sharing your expansive nothingness. Yeah, yeah. well, you're welcome. Yep. Yeah, appreciate that. I didn't feel like what you gave us was this, but it just reminds me of the term, a turd sandwich, <laughs> which, I, which I think is a funny term. <laughs> thanks for sharing your turd sandwich. Ew. Ew. Gross. Gross. Okay, on that note. Yeah, <laughs> on that note. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, usually we like, we plug shows at Bats, but Bats is going quiet for Bats is for going quiet for a couple months. Yes. Yeah. So August and September, we're not going to be, the main stage company is not going to be performing, but our school will still be rocking and rolling. And we've got a bunch of student showcases. So cool. we will have things happening. Yeah, great. Uh, and... On my end, I've got a Playful Mindfulness 2 class that's starting up on uh, Wednesday, August 12th. Get it. So if anybody's interested in that, playfulmindfulness.info will get you your link and, and all that. But love to have you with us. It's a six-week class and uh, really cool sort of taking mindfulness, the improv mindfulness combo to the next level. The next level. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for listening, everybody. If you like the like the episode, go leave a go leave a, a review on iTunes. Yeah, or but you if listen. you recommend this podcast to somebody, maybe don't have them start with this one. Maybe this is not the representative yeah, one. This is like we're all we're all buddies. You know us. We know you. We're trying to relate. Yeah, yeah but maybe they want to start with another one. <laughs> maybe they want to start with power of positivity, something like that, instead of Courage. the one where it's like, well, I have nothing to say. <laughs> I don't think I ever will again. Yeah. But hey, we, we go through this stuff too. So thank you for being with us and uh, really glad to have you along for the ride. Yeah. Be well, everybody. We love you.